Well, welcome to the Journey Together podcast. I'm Joshua, and this is my wife, Anna. Hey, you guys. Uh, we're thrilled that you're joining us for this week's episode. Uh, we actually just dropped off two of our children to a Valentine's dance. We did. Our youngest two. And then our oldest is on a date. And uh, then the the one below that, you know, we've got four children, three boys and a girl. He is at like this youth kind of retreat thing for this weekend. Yep. And here we are podcasting when I know that really what you would like to be doing is making out. <laughs> <laughs> when the kids have left the nest, it's time to get some rest. <laughs> Uh, you know, um, you don't know, lie. Don't why not? Let's <laughs> let's make out. <laughs> oh, let's gosh. just stop podcasting right now and let's make out. All right, listen. If you're new, uh, you guys, or even if you're not new, we're gonna have fun during this <laughs> podcast. And these are hard topics we're talking about today, but we want you to just. Take a moment and realize that during challenging or hard conversations, uh, when the Lord just sheds light on areas in your life, it brings such joy and peace that we want you to just feel just the lightness of who God is. Right, yeah. Uh, And I know I've got some things I want to talk about whenever we get into today, and it's not easy. It's not easy, and it's okay to say it's not easy, but it's also okay to um, to laugh and enjoy a tough conversation. Well, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. I, yeah. I love... I'm actually just... I don't even know what to say right now, because <laughs> that's how you decided to start this off. I told but. him... I told him uh, before we started this that I had some something funny to start off with. You, you may not know this. We have a rule that when we start a <laughs> podcast, we don't restart it over again. We just go with it. So we've we've actually only one, have redone one podcast out of all of these, and uh, and that's just because we felt like we needed more information in that one. But this one, I mean, we just we just keep going no matter what. We just don't stop. So. Where to go from this is really, let's just start with the topic at hand, <laughs> which is fear, uh, how to overcome fear in failure. That's so important because fear um, grips us and it binds us and it really just debilitates uh, the future of where we could go, the potential. Some people have overcome fear and you hear these wonderful, amazing stories where you're like, you broke through that fear barrier and you did what God had called you to do, and it's like the coolest stories on the planet. But the Bible's full of those. But um, but for those that are right there on that cusp, it's, let's get into those details of how to overcome those those hard moments or the you know moments of fear of like ah, oh, but it's just easier not to do it. And many people, many of us battle fear daily yeah. in different aspects of our lives yeah. uh, or are under attack with fear on a day-to-day basis where you're in, you know, the Word of God calls it a fight of faith for a reason, Uh, but the cool thing is, is Jesus already won the battle. We just have to get in to the Word of God, fight in faith, and then find this beautiful place of rest. Uh, And we need each other. I have battled fear uh, and have been gripped by fear in many different areas, and I'll talk about it today. But I, I have needed support and help and people to come alongside of me, you being one of those people, 
to just help um, through whether it be the word of God, prayer, encouragement. Uh, you know, there's so many different aspects to this. So you're not alone. Often fear will give you the lie that you're all alone in that fear and that no one else is dealing with what you're dealing with or isolate you to make you feel like, oh my gosh, here I am, big loser in fear again. And that is not the truth in any way, shape or form. Uh, and God loves you. We love you. Yeah. And we want to help you and come alongside of you with this so that you feel like you're flourishing, whether it's in your marriage or as a parent uh, or in a new endeavor in your life. God created you to flourish. Yeah. So so what is something that you've dealt with fear-wise? I have definitely battled fear when it uh, came to parenting our, our four children, feeling like I was inadequate or that what I was doing was going to somehow uh, ruin their lives. I mean, fear has so many, I call them tentacles, where it's like, uh, dread is a tentacle of fear. Anxiety is a tentacle of fear. Worry leads into that. Uh, that's a tentacle of fear. Torment. You know, there's so many different tentacles of fear that can try to grip you. So uh, something that's been challenging in this past season, as the, the boys are in these teenage years, and really they're stepping out and, and growing up, um, Satan will just throw out these lies where you feel like that you're just missing it as mm -hmm. a parent. Yeah. And, uh, and that has been a challenge for me in this season. Um, and one thing that's really helped me through this is this phrase, focus on what you know is true, not on what you feel is true. And focusing on what I know is true, meaning the word of God is truth. This is the truth that I cling to. Yeah. Focusing on that my children are being raised in a godly home with two parents that love and care for them. Focusing on that even if I'm not perfect, I'm surrendered and God loves me and he's helping me. He fully equipped me for such a time as this to parent these kids. Mm -hmm. I have the Holy Spirit to help me that I have been praying fervent prayers that God hears those prayers and he answers those prayers. That is is the truth, not on how I feel in the moment, okay? Fear, for me, I will have, I'm like imagination station in my brain. <laughs> and you create, you create these scenes in your mind, and you come up with things that you think are happening, and it's not true. It's just not true. Yeah. And you have to take those thoughts captive in the mighty name of Jesus and tell them to go. Yeah. And... I wanted to ask you this because you have had to work with me on this because uh, there's been moments where I'm like, I can't parent that kid right now. I'm totally overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I've asked you to help me. So what do you feel like in if you're the spouse that is helping the other spouse overcome a fear, how, how has that been for you? And what do you feel has helped me the most coming from you? It's a good question. I think when, um, with pre, for you particularly, fear will strike and you get overwhelmed and you get worked up. And it's to bring that calm, you know, tone into the situation to say, hey, 
is it really this bad or it could you know obviously i don't go to the other end it could it be this worse or it could it could be worse but is it that bad um you know i i grew up um in an environment that was fairly um i mean it was god driven i mean it was and it was god centered so there wasn't like a lot of anger in my house. It always seemed to be fun. It always seemed to be an environment where you could thrive and flourish. And uh, and I know you you grew up that way too. But um, I think with my own parents, when I would do something, it wasn't the end of the world. However, my mom, if I got a grass stain on my jeans, I was dead. So I was so scared at war, at school that would, if I came home with a grass stain that my mom was going to murder me. But, but that's besides the point. But outside of that, everything was usually pretty good. So it brings me actually to scripture I wanted to read, which was Psalm 86 um, in verse 15. It says, But you, O Lord, are a God of compassion and mercy, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. So in my brain, I'm thinking I want to approach you in the same way that God approaches me, which is with this unfailing love this full of compassion, full of mercy, slow to get angry. If, if there was a way to just relieve you, to serve you, I want to serve you, so the best way I can serve you is to take that stress or that burden off. So I'm going to say everything I can, but then also help in, in any way physically come in, tell the boys, separate the boys, or if they're doing something crazy, or I'll go down and I'll talk to them, and I talk to them with reason. Um, I'm very practical in the way I talk to them. I give them the two plus two equals four speech, which is if you do this, these are the consequences. You're smarter than this. If you do these things now, if you choose to do them, you're closing. So if you open one door of compromise, you're closing 10 doors of opportunity. Yeah. And that for me is so key. And when I talk to my children that way, um, I know they get it. There's just something about it. I've trained them to get it because we've been I've been talking this way with them for years now, obviously. But for you, I I'm trying to come in and dissolve some of the anxiousness you're feeling. But based out of 8615 here in Psalm, um, just knowing that God is full of compassion and mercy and slow to get angry, um, that that's a scripture that really resonates with me. Of I know my God is so for me, and He is so full of these things that I I can't really fail in front of Him. I can fail in front of Him through sin. I can fail in Him through those and and dis, being disobedient to what His Word says. But in the sense of I'm trying to raise my children, and I'm doing it out of the the basis of I want to please my Father in heaven that that He's given us this responsibility, then I'm going to, I, I don't think I could fail. Like no matter how much I would try, I'm doing my very best. I'm, I'm going after it. We're, you know, we're on top of them. We're with them. We're showing them love. We're giving them the examples to, to follow. So it's like, my God is, he's with me. He's for me. I really like that perspective because when you're dealing with fear, once again, focusing on what you know is true and that's yeah. an absolute truth in your heart yeah rather than a feeling or an emotion uh 
we know that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven, but he's given us a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind or a well-disciplined mind. If God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, and this can be challenging for some people, then who's attacking you with that fear? Right? We know that Jesus came so that we may have life and life in abundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Satan came to still kill and destroy. Uh, we can also read in 1 John chapter 4. Let's paint a picture here. Verse 17, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. I feel like that's what you're saying right now, is I have a confidence in knowing, God, you're taking care of my family, you're taking care of my wife, you're taking care of my kids, because I'm choosing to live like Jesus in this world, that I'm putting my trust and depending on you. Then it says, such love has no fear because because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not been fully that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He loved us first. Whenever I studied that scripture out, and I looked up the word fear um, in the Greek, that word fear is the word phobos. And it means panic, flight, the causing of fear, terror, to flee or withdraw, fleeing because feeling inadequate or without sufficient resources, to withdraw, to avoid because of dread. Have you ever withdrawn from your children or your spouse because of fear? Have you been in panic? (laughs) Like you look at this and you can see areas I could, but he tells me that he loves me so much. Yeah. And in that perfect love, because that fear involves torment, that fear is a torment saying you're never good enough Mm -hmm. or that you're not going to make it or that you don't have enough. Well, guess what? On your own? Yeah. But we're not on our own. I have the greater one living on the inside of me. Mm -hmm. And he's greater than any fear and that perfect love that is helping me, that is in my heart by the Holy Spirit is helping me to live like Jesus in this world, but it's also helping me to realize that when I stand before Jesus one day and uh, and there's an account of my life that in this, he's I want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, not because I was a perfect mom, but because I was surrendered and in these moments said, God, I'm putting my trust in you. Yeah. And this is something that really has resonated in my heart. And you guys know this word, a love in the scripture is agape love, the God kind of love. It's a divine love that God has equipped us to exercise because of Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. meaning it's how we can live together. So if I am parenting in fear, am I trusting in God? Am I also loving my children the way that they need to be loved in that moment? Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I look at this and I'm like, and then and then, why am I allowing fear to grip me? And, and I know this can be challenging to say, well, it just comes on. Yeah. But his perfect love casts out all fear. And his perfect love is that he has given me Jesus, that Jesus paid the ultimate price of for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, right? And then in my faith in him, that as I believe in him and realize I have no condemnation, no guilt as a parent, that's not who I am in Christ, 
that in his perfect love, Jesus paid that price and his precious love and the precious blood of Jesus so that I have authority in Jesus' name over fear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That I can say in that moment, fear, you have to go in Jesus' name. And in my journaling for this year, um, I put, this is the year that I'm led by the Lord. Not that I'm (laughs) not led by the Lord every year, but my focus was, Jesus, you are leading the way in my thoughts, in every aspect of my life. I was parked in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Right? Like these questions of, he is my light and my salvation. Mm -hmm. That in the middle of those dark thoughts, because fear is dark, Mm -hmm. right? It looks dark. Makes you feel like you're in the dark. Right. I mean, you and I don't watch scary movies. (laughs) Right. Because we don't like... Dark. dark. We don't like dark things. We don't like dark things. Right. But Jesus, even in the dark, he is as the light. There yeah. is no darkness in him. Yeah. And even when you feel like you're in this dark place, I'm so thankful there is no darkness in Christ. And the dark is just as the light. Mm-hmm. That's in Psalm 139. It's a super cool scripture where it's all the same to him because he's light all the time. Yeah. Isn't that neat to think about? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know if I just went on a whole tangent. I'm probably sure I'm, I did. I just preached to myself. <laughs> but I got to tell you, no, you're going to have to. Yo. You know what I mean? Like you're going to have to get in and encourage yourself in the Lord and grab a hold of these words and say, God, I'm doing this because I refuse to live in this place of fear. Psalm 34, it's another place in the word of God. You well, I could give you scripture after scripture of where God has taken me to combat um, just different fears that's tried to attack me. And I'm so thankful that each time that that word has been a point of freedom that I cling to and embrace to move forward and, and, uh, and moving forward. Maybe I'll just say that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I'm just going to go right to the scripture. If you go up from where I read in, in Psalm 86, 11, it says, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. And over to overcome fear and these things that combat against God's truth, we should be doing what? His ways. It says, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truths. So doing what God does, which is being full of compassion, full of mercy, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love and faithfulness, his mercy, I mean, it just endures forever. These things will help us with our interactions with, with people, our interactions with our families, anyone that we're coming in contact with that, that you know, we need to see real love being shown. And we're encouraged out throughout the entire Bible that we are to show love to everyone. This is something that Jesus said that we will be known by, by this, but, you know, uh, that we're his disciples because we love people. So being in God's ways really will help you to overcome the fear, overcome these things. So point being of what you're saying, I think every day, if you start intentionally placing uh, yourself in positions to exude his ways, his truth, 
then you're going to be in a position to experience and to uh, delve out compassion and love and all these different things. And it's wonderful because then you'll start realizing, I, if I, I'm not this. I'm not those things. I know who I am. So it's a practice that you put into place here. Um, that's why I don't believe that Jesus was ever gripped with fear. Um, not fear in the sense of, you know, obviously he's walking on the ocean, so he's not, or on the seas, he's not going to be, he's not gripped by fear of, of you know, the physical form of things. Um, he was tempted with everything we're tempted with, but he conquered it. Right. When he conquered it, and so that it, as he is, in First John 4, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. Yeah, and he says, if you see me, you see the Father. He's he is walking out the ways of the Lord, and then and you you're going to live according to the truth. That truth will set you free. These moments of knowing, man, the Word of God is just freedom. And so you're saying living daily, recognizing God, you want to use me, is also a part of uh, really moving forward from a position of fear, stepping out yeah. by faith. And with compassion and care, care, you see someone else that's battling fear and here you're right in the middle of the battle yourself, but you take a step of faith to minister and allow God to use you. Mm -hmm. And that's helping you. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think with people who are operating in fear of going into work tomorrow, uh, making a decision um, that is groundbreaking, you know, who knows what it could be, it could, or it could be groundbreaking, it could be a huge failure. Um but it's just doing it, to just step out and to do it. But doing it in the way of the Father, of His, his way, I, I look at it like this. Um, he's the creator. He created us. He knows what's best. If I found the creator of the wrench... I don't know who that is, um, but the creator of the wrench... Mr. Wrench. Uh, I don't I want, know. All right, Mr. Craftman. Anyway, but... You, if he hand me that wrench and I took it and I just, I didn't know what it was for, that I would just kind of think of it as a heavy object, a paperweight. Um, I could use it as a hammer. I would use it in so many different ways than what it was meant for. Eventually, I would find the way it was meant for when I would find the other component. Um, that other component is, is all of the beauty that God has for us is perfectly fits into that wrench where you're like, man, this, it fits perfect. Oh my gosh, it does this. You know, it, the creator is showing us how we should be operating. The purpose of that, what we're doing is, is when we're operating in fear, we're going outside of the way the creator intended it to be. Going to the creator for the way it should be is important. This is telling us, teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may live according to your truth. Yeah, He's showing us how to live. Through the example of Jesus Christ, he's showing us how to be. When in operation in that way, you're not going to walk in fear. So every day, exude a, a component of the creator in your life. The love, the compassion, show it to others. Be that person. It will bring you out of that darkness. It will bring you out of that gripping fear that we're talking about, the fear in failure. You maybe experienced failure. You want to do it again. Maybe you've dated a bunch of bad guys. Maybe you dated a bunch of bad girls, and you're like, I'm never going to date again. Um, this or, is, or you've had a failed marriage or something has happened right. where you think, how can, you know, 
how can I even move forward in this? Or you've gone through a tough season of parenting, whatever that looks like. Uh, if we step out in faith and say, Lord, use me, or I receive. And if even if you say you're struggling with, well, okay, how do you know this? You know, a great way to start off is to get in and read all the scriptures you can of God's love and see a picture of your heavenly father and how much he loves you. I have done that and it's life-changing where you just walk through the word, all the scriptures of God's love and the Holy Spirit will paint a picture of just how much God loves you. And as you receive God's love for yourself, then you're able to freely you've received freely that give you're able to give that to others. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's huge. So living like Jesus um, and emulating the love of the Father. I really like that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I, I think too often people complicate it when it's a simple form of he's the creator. He knows what's absolute best for us. If he created something, he knows the purpose for it. He knows the use of it and, and where it fits into the picture and how, what they need, the nourishment. He knows everything we need. Did God create marriage? Yes. Yes. Did God create parenting? Yes. Did he create telling us to be fruitful and multiply? Yes. First yes. commandment. Did he create you to have a purpose and a plan? Yes. So if he created it, did he create it for you to operate from a place of fear or failure? No. Did he create us and give us an opportunity to choose to trust in him? Yes. He did. I mean, these are life-altering questions and answers that if you've been struggling with, you need to get in the Word of God and journal it out. Yeah. I mean, y'all, my journal, I am writing this stuff out. Scriptures, I don't care if I've read them a hundred times, I'm rewriting them and studying them out until it becomes a revelation truth in my heart because we've been given this weapon, the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. This is God's will. Him teaching us exactly what you're saying through his word. So when I parked myself in Psalm 34, you guys, you know, this is a Psalm of David after he pretended to be insane to essentially for his life to be saved. He's in this cave with a motley crew of men. Okay. I mean, we could call him a bunch of, um, I hate to use the word loser. That's really harsh. These are, they're not losers. They're not losers, but they've had a hard, they've, they've had a rough go at it. Okay. Mm -hmm. They're rough and tough. Okay, they've had a rough go on it. So pardon the word loser. That was just what came to my <laughs> mind. I don't know. Cause they're all, all right. Not true. But Not true. Yeah. David, though, he begins to praise the Lord. And what really ministered to me out of this um, was, am I praising God every day in the middle of this? That's what you're saying, essentially. Yeah. Am I? Because Jesus praised the Lord. I mean, he he. He thanked God and worshiped God. And I want to be a reflection of his word of honoring the Lord uh, or honoring my heavenly father. And then we see that David, he said, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all my fears. Mm -hmm. All. Are we praising? Are we praying? Philippians 4, another great chapter. You know, Philippians 4, people read it all the time. 
about rejoicing in the Lord, okay? And then making all your requests known unto God, okay? And when you do that, what happens is you get a supernatural peace that passes all understanding. But they act like the Philippians 4 is just like, just some kind of ho-hum set of scripture. When it's really a time of supplication and fervent prayer and rejoicing before God. Yeah. It's no joke. Why are we messing around with fear? Just allowing it to grip us. Why are we not getting in and saying, God, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to pray and I'm going to make my request known about everything in my life, knowing you hear me, whether you're in the cave with a bunch of people and right in the middle of that cave, here he is. Someone had to rise up out of the cave. Maybe you and your spouse are both living in fear. Maybe you and your children, you got a whole bunch of people around you in fear. Someone's going to have to step up out in faith. And begin to praise God and pray. Somebody is, yeah. right? I think people complicate the, the thought of prayer too. You can be so open and so vulnerable in prayer. Um, I'm going to go back into the scripture again, Psalm 86, which is so fun. 86 verse 3, it says, Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am calling on you constantly. And so what a great thought of constantly I believe that David, and we know this to be true in the book of Psalm, he actually writes, he, or he's, he's writing everything in, in this book, but, but every prayer is so detailed. It's not just, uh, Lord, help me. Lord, it's, it is like detailed. God wants you to be completely open, talking to him. Don't overcomplicate it with these, some notion of some poetic uh, verbiage that you have to use. Just be real. Just talk to him like you would talk to your best friend, to anyone in the sense, not best friend out of irreverence, but reverent to the Lord of saying, God, I need you in this moment yeah. to help me with my child, with my wife, with my husband, with my, my, my future fiance, all of these different things. You have to begin to lay those things out, trusting in him that you that that God will provide for you. He does it every single time. He takes care of it. Uh, and I, I even back down to verse seven. I will call to you whenever I'm in trouble, and you will answer me. He knows that God's going to answer him, and this is the faith that David had, and knowing that God was for him. We possess that same ability, and you have got to lean in on that on that particular. I can't tell you how many times that I am laying in bed, so honest with God. Right. And Lord, I need help right now. God, I am battling this. And then I'll rebuke it in Jesus' name. And the scripture that I've placed in my heart, that's what, what out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So whatever you're placing in, you have the sword of the spirit. You got to get in and embrace God's will, which is his word. Okay. And then you choose to obey what he's telling you to do. If he tells you to praise, you praise. If he mm -hmm. tells you to rejoice, you rejoice. There is power in praising and rejoicing. I mean, we see that in 2 Chronicles 20. Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat, he went to God. He said, God, we don't know what to do. We're looking to you for help. In the middle of this battle, he's praying. They're all there. He's fasting. And the Spirit of the Lord told him, do not be afraid. That's what came out of that time. If you have not read 2 Chronicles 20, you need to read it. Uh, what's beautiful about that whole area, these are all places, write these scriptures down. Yeah. 
Okay. We're giving you all kinds of truth to cling to that I've gone to that is, that is bring light in the middle of dark places in my life. And they, the Lord told them, you're going to praise me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to tell you what happened next because I want you to go there. <laughs> but putting that aside, as you go through this and see God's painting this picture of what to do. Yeah. Like you said, he's got an answer. And for me, I have, I have woken up in the middle of night uh, gripped with anxiety. And I, I go, all right, God, you told me to cast all my cares on you because you care for me. Do you know that God cares for you? Do you know that he wants you to cast those cares onto him? Yeah, I mean, let's give it a natural example here. Ann and I were dating and we broke up. And when we broke up for a month, right before we broke up, I had been given that knowing, the knowing that Anna was the one I was going to marry. I just knew it. I didn't have that feeling for anyone else in that way. It was just an elevated form of of love, and I just knew you were it. And then you and I broke up, and you you had broken up with me, um, and I was like... Can I say why? Can I? I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was afraid. You were the the first guy I ever told I loved. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid. Um, I got overwhelmed by it. And I broke up with you for legit no good reason. We call it the black hole. (laughs) Anyway, so knowing when you broke up with me, I was like, man, I thought this was it. You know, so I started getting into that grip of fear of, am I ever going to meet the right person? Is this the way it's going to be? I got I got into those ruts, and uh, I remember visiting a good friend of mine who was a pastor, uh, Pastor Aaron, and uh, and so I remember going to him and talking to him about it, and and you know his words to me were as simple as what we're saying now, which in the moment when he said it, it was a little frustrating because you're just kind of like, oh okay, I know you're supposed to pray, trust in the Lord, but. There was just something about it when he said it that I just knew that that was really it, which was pray, trust in the Lord, and give it to him. Release it in a way that there's just a, I'm not going to sit here and worry about it anymore. That when I would, when I, if I had the notion of of getting overwhelmed again, I just stopped and I was like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to allow this to have a hold on me. So sure enough, I was over it. Some friends had called me up and they were like, uh, do you want to go to the beach? And I was like, yeah. I was like, when are you guys leaving? They're like, this weekend. And I was like, all right, let's go. I'm going to go to the beach and I'm just going to rest and I'm just going to relax. And on my way to the beach, you called my cell phone. And I remember, what in the world? I haven't talked to you in a whole month. And you called my cell phone. And it was, I was like, oh man, you, you're, 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 you're a dirty, awful person in my head. Yeah. Cause now I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to think about you this entire week. But actually when I went to the beach and thought about you, it wasn't in a way of like, I was upset. I wasn't sick inside. I literally just had, you know what? I get back. We're going to talk again and we're going to get married in my head. Like I just was, you didn't totally want to TP my car. No, I didn't want to okay. TP. I, I wanted to stalk you. No. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> no, but I. But that's where your head. You go to all these weird places, and you're like, man, why am I doing this? Why am I thinking about this? You know. So all that to say, for those 
for those that are listening and you're sitting here going, I have a fear of, of a decision I've got to make tomorrow or in a week or two weeks from now, and it's a big financial decision. This is, again, going back to God's word. What does God's word say about it? And let's hypothetically throw it out there. You're going to make a decision, and who knows? It could fail. It actually could be a, a hard moment. You'll be like, why did we do this? It was hard. You continue to lean on God, never, ever giving up on him because he never gives up on you then you see it through to the very, very, very end. God's going to take care of you. He says it. So even though you may have something come up, some storm that wipes everything out, who knows? It doesn't matter. You continue to lean on God. God's going to bring the resolve to whatever it is, and you just relax. I know it's easier said than done, but just relax and just know that there is no fail or there is no fear that's true fear that actually has any power on you that's greater than the power that's within you, that the Holy Spirit is lying inside of you. I mean, not lying inside of you, but inside living. of you, living inside yeah. of you. So, yeah. Psalm 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And in my journaling, I put, As I follow my shepherd, I'll never lack. Yeah. I will never lack. And then I put, If you're going down the wrong road, the quicker you turn back, the better. And then it's, I love what you said because this goes with it. The next thing that I wrote, don't hold on to things that God told you not to hold on to, let go. Mm -hmm. And that goes with thoughts, fear of failure, fear of not making it, fear in your parent, whatever that looks like. The Lord is your shepherd. I lack nothing. I lack nothing when it comes to being a mom. I lack nothing when it comes to being a spouse when it comes to answering the call of God in my life and stepping out to a new adventure, whatever that might be, his perfect love casts out all fear. And as I follow him, I will never lack any good thing. Right. And all throughout the word, we see the, the word fear come up in scripture because he knew that we're going to battle it. But what I love is every single time we never see God not come in and give us an answer for fear. Mm -hmm. Even in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting your care onto the Lord. Why? He cares for you. Then he goes on to tell us, hey, and you're not alone in this, but I'm going to come in and perfect and establish. He's going to help you every step of the way. Why? As you follow your shepherd, you will never lack you know, as you're walking through this, and even for me personally, um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you had your friend Aaron to come in and encourage you when you were going through that. Right. I'm thankful that I have you. I'm thankful. I had a moment last week in parenting where I got gripped with fear. I had a conversation with one of our kids, and I walked out of the room, and I got totally overwhelmed thinking, oh my gosh, Lord, did I just make this worse? I don't even know. It was... Uh, I went up to our bedroom, laid down, and we were going to bed at the time, and you reached over and you prayed over me. And I was so thankful. I was so, so thankful. And then a few days later, a lovely um, woman at church, an intercessor, she said, hey, I've been praying. And this is what the Lord spoke to my heart concerning one of your kids. And it bore witness. It was like confirmation with everything I've been praying. And that takes me to this scripture. If you're battling this, if you've been battling fear, 
knowing you're not alone. And even I pray that we're this for you right now. In Psalm chapter 20, this is a scripture that I've clung to for several years. It says in verse two, well, I'll read verse one. I need to. In times of trouble, may the Lord answer your cry. May the name of God, of the God of Jacob, keep you safe from all harm. Verse two of Psalm 20, may he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you from Jerusalem. Some of you've been crying out for help because you've been in a battle. You've been battling fear to the point of anxiety or anxiety tax. I pray that even we are the people that God is sending help from the sanctuary to you. Or you're, you're a spouse right now and you know your, your significant other has been battling this. You're their help. You're their helpmate. You need to lay your hands on your spouse and pray for them and come in agreement. Or you're an intercessor, a prayer warrior, a friend, and God wants to use you. And you've been wondering, do I need to step out and just share this with my friend? By the Spirit of God, do it. Or if you need to receive this, I pray in Jesus' name, God is sending you help from the sanctuary to strengthen you in this time of parenting or in this time in your marriage or in this new endeavor if you're single believing for a spouse, whatever it is, or even if you're just believing to grow, I don't know. God has help. Cry out to him. He has help from the sanctuary. Go to Psalm 20. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So this is it. Cashing your cares and giving it to him and then seeking godly wisdom and counsel and everything that you, you know, you, you, that you're involved in right now, always seeking wise wisdom from from those that are wise, I mean that's like the best thing ever. I mean Proverbs all through is telling us that's like the the biggest thing you could be doing right now is seeking the most counsel that is from from godly counsel to to come around and surround you to so make it happen. This just popped in my spirit. If you're dreading something in your life, that's fear. Yeah. Okay. You also need to awaken to the attacks of Satan on your life and call them out for what they are. Yeah. Stop avoiding. Stop yeah. avoiding yeah. things. You're actually falling. You're actually being attacked on a greater measure by avoiding. Yeah. Take it head on in the name of Jesus. Yep. Whenever we say, okay, we're embracing God's will. We're choosing to obey him, but we're doing it in his strength, in his power. Not by my strength, not by my might, not by my power. It's by his strength, his mighty power, mm-hmm. by his spirit the greater one living on the inside of you. That's where we're missing it. You're trying to parent on your own. You're trying to be married on your own. You're trying to do all these. And then you're dreading all of these things or you're battling torment or whatever it might be that you're facing. Stop trying to do it in your own strength. Get in, cry out to the Lord, receive. And you say, well, how do I do that? Through prayer, everything we've been saying, reading the word, receiving the word, believing the word, prayer and praise and thanksgiving, honoring God with your body and, and uh, just stepping out and crying out to him. I mean, he's just so faithful. Mm-hmm. And he's, his presence is always here with you. You are not alone. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen, we want you to send this to somebody that you know is is being gripped by fear. You be an instrument for noble purpose right now and send this to someone you know that needs to have that breakthrough. Make that happen. Can you pray over everybody right now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Lord, we thank you right now for everyone that's listening. God, we're so thankful that, Lord, you are releasing, Lord, your 
your wisdom, Lord, your understanding to them right now in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord, for your power and your understanding, Lord, that it far exceeds any understanding that we have. So God, we thank you for this. God, we thank you, Lord, that you are bringing peace, joy. Lord, we know that your love endures, Lord, over and above than what we could ever imagine. And so God, I thank you, Lord, for your love in, in everyone who is listening right now, Lord, that they are, they are receiving this love from you, that they understand understand it. God, that they understand, Lord, that you are slow to anger and Lord, that you're merciful and that you, Lord, that you're faithful. So God, I thank you right now, Lord, that you show them where they need to go next, their next best step. God, I thank you for open doors. God, I thank you for opportunities. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, that you have set us free from any type of gripping fear or anxiety upon our lives. So God, we thank you for this. Lord, we thank you right now. Lord, like scales falling off, God, that the fear is dissolving right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we honor you, we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. We love you guys. All right, we'll see you soon. Bye.